Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Red Side Le Trent. And finally, finally, after two months, we have a win to talk to you about. As Nottingham Forest defeated Brighton Hove Albion 3 1. It was their first win in 12 games. The first time all season that Forest have come from behind to win a game. And it's also the first time that we scored more than two in the league all season. I'm joined by Lee Clark and a very welcome return to Reese Lane. However, Adam Wicklow is currently passing up at centre parts, so he is not here. But anyway, Lee, we'll start with the team. So you know, we had Aurier and Johnson came back in. McKenna and Freud are out. Very, very, the team sheet sort of left a lot of interpretation as to what shape we'll be going with. Was it Williams in midfield? Was Williams playing right wing back? What did you think of the team? And were you happy with the decisions that were made? Well, I mean, what did I think of the team? I didn't really know who was playing where, if I'm being honest. Um, like you've just said, would... Williams play uh, in his usual position or would he be further forward? Um, I did think it was a little bit strange when they lined up and Aurier was the right-sided centre-half. I just thought that was a little bit... I know we've called for Cooper to be, do something different, but that was a little bit too different for me. Um, but it, it did work and it was obviously easy to see why he'd done that with with the threat of Mitoma from that side. So, um, yeah, I wasn't... I think in terms of the personnel that were actually on the team sheet, I was quite pleased. Uh, but I guess I was just a little bit unsure who would play where. Um, but I do think that, I, th- I think, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but I think even his biggest fans would um, be struggling to kind of justify Froiler not being taken out for a game. Um, he's not been great while Yates has been missing. So, yeah, it, it was good to see him try something a little bit new. Um, but like I say, it was just in terms of the... The, the uncertainty was just who would play where, I guess, but obviously it didn't really matter in the end. No, thankfully not. And whatever it did, I think maybe like even maybe Brighton's by surprise. I mean, obviously we've all heard about how people praise Deserby for being this very like quick thinker in game and how he adapts to situations and stuff. But 
I think even he probably been surprised to see that sort of lineup. But race, um, it was a very frenetic start. Uh, obviously, you know, very much you know basketball like, as seems to be the case in some instances. And you know, Forrest actually did get a penalty. It was a great ball in from Gibbs White and Esther Peenan haul down Williams. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all agree with that was a penalty. I don't think there'd be anyone if any congestion saying, "Oh, actually, it was a bit harsh." Um, but alas. Johnson missed it. It's the third penalty in a row that Forrest had missed at that point. Obviously, with Wolves, Johnson against Wolves, Io against Spurs, and then yesterday. Were you confident that he put that away when you saw him lining up? And you know, were you a bit worried at the knock on when he eventually didn't? Has he took one since the Wolves game? Do you know? He might take one in the, in the League Cup. I can't remember. Yeah, against Blackburn. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, was I was I confident? I mean, I start with. I mean, yeah, it was a definite penalty. I'm, I'm not sure what Esther Pignan's doing. Um, that was a case of overplaying. He just needs to clear those lines there, and he's he's literally looking into to who he can pass to, realizes there's anybody, and then miscontrols it, and he puts himself in an awful predicament. And he, yeah, he brings Williams down, no doubt about it. Good decision from the ref. Um, yeah, it wasn't the best pen, was it? It was a good height for the goalkeeper. I, I'm very much in the camp of any pen that you miss is a poor pen because there's places in the goal you can put it and the keeper, there's just no chance of him saving it. So, yeah, it was um, yeah, a disappointing penalty. But um, did, I think it, did I think he'd score it? It's a hard one to say. Um, you know, he's he, he scored probably the most pressure penalty he's had in his first career against Sheffield United in the playoffs. So, yeah, I would I would probably back him to score it, but he's um obviously missed that and then Gibbs White has because Johnson was off the pitch. Um, I've no idea if he was still on the pitch if he would have took that other penalty, but Gibbs White has scored his, so you know, it might end up now being Gibbs White who takes the penalties if we was to get one again this season. With the uh heart attack increasing <laughs> due to his little started run ups or with the way he approaches penalties anyway. But um yeah, I mean, it was it was it was one of those things. One of my mates was trying to tell me afterwards. He was saying that to be fair to Johnson, he's hit it hard enough. It's just mm. the keeper's gone the right way, and sometimes that happens. Yeah. I mean, we're saying that if it, if he go, if he sends the keeper the wrong way, we're saying what a great penalty it is. But then it's That's very simplistic, it, isn't it? Like, with, I mean, any penalty that goes in is a good penalty, really. Yeah, so, I mean, with penalties, it's more of a like um, state of mind kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's I know I'm not a fan of Gibbs White's technique for penalties. I don't like stuttered run-ups, but one thing he does do, I've seen, he did it for the penalty for England as well, is he the keeper had committed and then he just rolls it the other way. And that, that's kind of what he did last night, didn't he? The keeper had yeah. gone to his right and he just rolled it the other way. So no chance. Very brave, but yeah. <laughs> fortune favours it, it seems. Uh, Lee, unfortunately, very you know, it was very much a double whammy for Forrest very shortly after. Um, Johnson missed the penalty. Uh, Nia Carte goes down injured again, has to be taken off. I mean, what what upset me a little bit was like you, you see the comments about people saying, "Oh, he's made of biscuits," you know, he's made out of wet cardboard or whatever else. And it's just like you know, you look at his injury record before he's come to Forest. In four years at Mines, he had he missed three games from injury, two of them from a hamstring strain, and one of them was from getting catching COVID. He comes to Forest, and I think. He's already missed 32 fixtures now from his hamstring injury at Forest. So, 
at what point do we sort of think like, are we rushing him back too soon? Is it desperation? Is there something going on behind the scenes? I mean, again, it's another abnormal injury list. I think we're up to 14 now. Like, what do you think is going on here? Do you think this is normal or do you think there's something deeper rooted? Yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, I've said all season, I don't think it helps that we've not had a head physio all season. Um, without knowing too much about how medical departments of football clubs work, I can imagine that the head physio is the one who takes all the flack when it comes to, yep, he's fit to play or no, he's not fit to play. You know, give him an extra week, give him an extra month, whatever. Um, I'm sure some, before people say, oh, well, I'm sure we will have someone who's doing that responsibility. I'm sure we will. But whether they're qualified to be a head physio um, remains to be seen. I'm pretty sure we, we didn't go out and pursue a head physio when I was left for Tottenham in the summer. Um, so I don't think that helps. Um, I think there is an element that it can just be unfortunate. Obviously, it's the the old cliche, isn't it, that uh, the Premier League is the best and the most demanding in the world. Um, as he come from the Bundesliga, where he's played for a side that finishes, I think they fin- they just missed out on Europe, didn't they, last year, Mainz? So, um, in a large percentage of those games that he's playing for them, were they on top, and did he have to do less de- defending against? Again, with all due respect to the Bundesliga, possibly weaker opposition. Um, again, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. I, I, I don't know the definitive answer. Um, I do think in Neocarte's case, like you've just said, for someone to be captain of his of his team uh, for, what, th- three years or whatever it was, and to miss three games, I, I just think it's a little bit unlucky. Um, it, it's one of those things. He's obviously had a really bad injury early on with us, and, and it seems that... Dare I say, in our situation, we probably did rush him back a little bit because we were in a bit of a situation with centre-halves, weren't we? Um, so, yeah, that would be my guess in this particular instance with Nia Carte. Um But I do think... I, I, I mean, I've kind of tried to stick up for the, the medical situation all season, but I did, last night was just... I mean, Christ, it was ridiculous. Every time anyone went to the floor, you thought, oh, he's done. That's it. That's number one. Um, so I do think in the summer, hopefully we can get through these next five games, pick up enough points to stay up, and then rather than, let's face it, we're not going to spend God knows how much money on 30 new players, so let's try and get four or five quality players and actually have a look at some of the the stuff behind the scenes uh, with the medical staff and recruitment side of things. Yeah, that's probably how it's I mean, At the minute, it seems like the medical room is more like the walking dead with everyone. He's had 14 injuries now. It's ridiculous. But anyway, moving on, it did seem as if that was maybe the catalyst race for Brighton to step up a gear because you know, after that, you know, I mean, obviously Johnson misses a one-on-one. He probably should do a lot better with, really. But then that was Forrest done for the next 20, 30 minutes because Brighton just up the gears. I mean, um, you know, we is actually it coincides ironically with the best and the worst of Kale Navas. We'll start with the best, obviously, an outrageous save I think, from Enciso, which he had absolutely no right to get a glove to. And then, you know, McAllister shoots wide, and then you know, we don't really heed from it. And oh, it's just so, it's just, you can see the goal like that, Reese, especially for someone of that caliber and CV. I mean, obviously, we had happened against Leeds where he parried, parried it straight back at a striker's feet. I, what did you make of it and what are your thoughts on Navas as a whole really? I'll start from the top um, the Johnson chance Lewis Dunk just gives him a little nudge to um, put him off balance annoyingly there was a couple of Forest fans who were saying like oh that should have been looked at not for me I just think that was you know um, borderline where you go yeah fair enough he's giving him a little nudge and we have to take that as decent defending 
Um, the first chance, I mean, Mat- Matoma literally ran pretty much our whole right side ragged. He literally skipped past Ore and Felipe and then I think beat Ore again as he went into the box. And yeah, it was a brilliant ball back and such a strong hand from Navas. That was a brilliant save. Um, from their perspective, you'd probably expect to score there, but you know, Navas, a really strong hand. And then, like you just said, Christian, you've got opposite end of the scale where Gross's shot didn't look as... Pa- Sorry, it was Solly March's shot. Didn't look as powerful as that. Should have really held it. And he's just pushed it out. And the young lad for them, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not even Buenonte, going to try. Buenonte, Yeah, Buenonte, yeah. yeah. He's coming in, but he's unmarked. I mean, nobody's within a couple of yards of him. And he, he just doesn't have to break striders and he just taps it in. Um but what do I think to Navas? I mean, we had this with Dean Anderson early on in the season. We were conceding a lot of goals. and not There is a couple where you think, yeah, he could have done better. But none, I'd say, are absolute hard as he's conceded. You know, there's a couple where you'd say, yeah, he should have done better last night in Leeds, like you say. But no absolute howlers. And, you know, Dean Anderson were getting stick because he were getting beat with Wildes from... 30 yards and that's kind of happened to Navas now and it's gone full circle of all can't wait till Dean Henderson's back and we need his passion back and this and that but yeah he's still a great goalkeeper Navas isn't he? I mean I think I said to you guys this in the chat there was a point in the second half where Felipe completely lost Lewis Dunk and he was about to head it in and Navas come out and punched it really well away from him um, I think he's good at commanding his box Navas it's just like I say, the weird side of it, he probably saved the more powerful shot with a strong hand and the, the weaker one he's pushed back out. And, you know, a, a guy who's played at level as that he's had, he'll be disappointed, I'm sure, about that. But, um, no, he's still a great, a great goalkeeper. And, if, you know, there is times when, yeah, could have done a better on a couple of goals conceded. But, yeah, he's. I think he's done all right for us. I mean, let's let's be honest, the other option with no disrespect to Wayne Hennessy, who would you rather have in goal? Wayne Hennessy or Kayla Navas, you know, that's pretty obvious in my opinion. Yeah. Lee? I've said for ages with us, I've said it on this podcast before, with with goalkeepers, if you're not saving any shots, it's always, we seem to have a a clutch of fans who will always say, oh, keeper should have done better there. There's no, every, every keeper we've had that's been, look at the reputation Samba's left with. And, even there was a period where every goal he conceded it was should have done better. Even if it was like a goal that was just you have to kind of take your half and say, you know what, that was a good goal, fair play. It just seems to be every keeper. I mean, if we if we're saying that with Kalor Navas and Dean Anderson, there's absolutely no hope for us with goalkeepers. We'll always be picky. Um, in in terms of Navas, I just think his distribution is always going to be probably the weakest element because he's always played in teams where he literally just rolls the ball to someone. Um. Usually it's like Sergio Ramos. Yeah, that's it. I mean, at the minute, he's now looking right. I've got Warrell on one side and, and Aurier or somebody at the other. And it's like, bloody hell. But yeah, I mean, exactly what you just said, Reese. I think it has gone full circle. I just get this impression that certain people will always, every time we concede a goal, got to be a keeper's fault. It's, in this league, it's not always like that. I mean, last yeah, season, yeah. sorry, Christian, last season, there was cause for Samba to get dropped and Hall. Yeah, that's about to say, yeah. And you know, and I'm a big fan of Bruce Samba. Now we've gone full circle, and it's like Samba to some is like we had to have kept him no matter what. So, you know, he's gone on to do really well with Lille in France. Um, so yeah, the keeper one is a bit odd at times with Forest, but I think Navas has done pretty decent for us overall, to be honest. 
I think it's always a classic. You know, if a keeper makes a mistake, the thing is that that's the thing. He's literally the last line. So if a goalkeeper makes a mistake, mm. he more often not leads to a goal. And yeah, I mean, part of it, I was just wondering, like, you know, it's just, it's a very weird thing. I mean, if it had to happen once, you sort of let it slide a bit. It's like, oh, okay, you know, well, it has happened once, we'll deal with it. But for it to happen again, it's a bit like, hmm. And like, I wonder if it's because where he's played for like Real Madrid or PSG, for example, and they don't get attacked. So like when more often not, like it's probably safer for a keeper to parry it back into play because there's no one else following in because they've only committed one man forward, for example. I wonder if that could maybe have something to do with it. I don't know. But um, That's I, got, I got the impression last night that after he conceded the goal, he was really angry, but it wasn't at anyone else. So I think yes. it's something that he I think it's something that he kind of is a bit paranoid about now. I think he's a, an honest enough professional to know that he's probably conceded one too many of those sorts of goals. Um, but yeah, I watched the BT highlights today and there was it, the camera's actually on him and he, he proper slaps both hands the into the floor. Yeah, really angry. Yeah, and it, it wasn't aimed at anyone else. It was more like, fuck's sake, I've done it again. I mean, I, I respect that. I'd much rather, like, you think back to some of the players that we've had, I mean, I include Harry Arthur in this, where you know, they make a mistake and they immediately mm. blame everyone else around them. Like I'd much, I have much more respect for a footballer who owns up and goes, you know, is angry at himself rather than projecting at everyone else. But yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, I still think on the whole we are lucky to have a keeper of that caliber. But yeah, I mean, that's you, you trust. Him. I'm, I'm always like, you know, the root cause of the problem. But as well, the two chances he has parried out, nobody's been alert. You know, the Leeds one, no one moved at all apart from their strikers yesterday. Um. Buenanante is his name again. He was the only one who was alert to that. Yeah. Know, with, so, yeah. Well, actually, if I know something that Adam touched upon um, with our second goal, which we'll come on to that uh, in due course. But I mean, he said that the thing that annoyed him, as much as it's also a very positive thing, and there was no one falling up. Like, Taiwan is a good 15, 20 yards back from that. So, if the keeper does save that, there's no one running in for the tapping. And it's, it's been a problem for a while, it seems, with Forrest. Now. It's just like no one willing to gamble. I mean, obviously, we had a few bits of yeah. Raven last season where he would, but it always seems like, you know, I don't know. There's one, there one against United, I'm sure I've covered it, where Nico always put it right across and yes. Sorridge yeah. pulled, pulled away from the goal. And if he'd have been in the middle, he'd just tapped it in, whereas the position he pulled to was a lot harder finish. So I know, yeah, he's probably the only time. Got to be in between the posts. Yeah. I mean, I know he gets a lot of stick, Chris Wood, but the one time that, you know, he was allowed to do that, we scored against Man City. He was in the right place at the right time. He was there to gobble it up. Like, it's, I don't know if it's an instinctual thing or whatever else. But anyway, the good news is, Lee, thankfully, the, uh, the Navas error didn't actually cost us because much like the Liverpool game, you know, Forrest go a goal down and respond very strongly. It isn't a case of just lying down and being, oh, we're done now. And, you know, obviously it's, it's difficult to sort of shake off a whole season of that. But it does seem that over the last two games, there's a lot to sort of be encouraged by the way we've responded after conceding. And, yeah, you know, um, obviously, so the ball's worked. We win the ball deep in their half. That seems to be a running theme all night. We're very, very aggressive in our press and it works. And so very exciting when it happens. Um, and then obviously, you know, Pascal Gross has... Uh, we'll see. We'll deflected it past the keeper in, from a Ren and Lottie cross. Thought it was quite ironic that it was Levi Colwell standing over the ball, watching another own goal against Forest. Obviously, the last one was quite poetic for us. But um, yeah, what did you make of that? I know obviously Lottie celebrating it like he scored was ambitious, but what did you make of the whole sort of move and sequence? Yeah, the move was brilliant. I mean, 
I, I had to laugh. I mean, I might get some stick if I bump into this bloke and he does listen to the pod, but I was in the queue for it, for the toilet at half time and there was a bloke having a conversation with his mate and he said, that's, bearing in mind the first half where a certain player had missed a penalty and missed a, a decent chance to score, but obviously the, the point of conversation wasn't on him. Um, it was, he said something like, that I want to hear. I'm not being funny, but he, he'll never leave the pitch and be happy with his work rate at the end of the day, will he? And I'm, I was literally, I was in despair. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I get that a one year is awkward. I get that he'll never be the greatest footballer, technically. But boy, what does he bring to us in terms of physicality? There's not a player in... There probably is. I mean, you look at someone like Harland, he could probably, he's probably capable of doing that. But there are very few footballers who would have held that ball up without letting the defender get a foot either side of him to turn and to lay it off to the to the man on the overlap there. I mean, he actually played a part in both goals, uh, the first two goals, didn't he? So, I mean, it, the move was just brilliant. How we managed to keep it alive was really kind of undervalued from where we were in the stand, I thought. Um so yeah, it was. What was the second part of your question? I've kind of gone off on a tangent there. It was just more obviously like Lonnie went off claiming it was his, which I thought was quite yeah, funny. The, I was like, yeah, oh, the, not sure you get away that one, Renan. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I would say, I think as well, given the timing of the goal, I genuinely think that could be a little bit of a sliding doors moment for us. Um, if we go on to stay up this season and kind of establish ourselves in the Premier League, like Wolves have, for example, I know we're thinking far down the line here, but if we do. I think we'll look back at that moment when we managed to get in at 1-1 against Brighton as a massive moment in our in the whole history of the club because if we'd have gone in at 1-0 down, I don't think we'd have got a great reception from the fans just because it's desperation times and people get frustrated and we've not won for ages. But not only that, but I think they come out in the second half and they find that extra 20-30% that they were probably lacking because of Sunday and the 120 minutes they had to play to kind of oversee a, a professional second half and they probably see out a, a relatively comfortable victory. But because because we scored when we did, I genuinely think it just it it just knocked the stuffing completely out of them, I think. And I bet they sat there at half-time thinking, I really can't do this second half now. It, it's We've played football before. We know what it's like. All you want to do is get, you don't want to concede in them little periods before or after, you know, intervals. So... They must have been so dejected. And I think the second half performance from us, as good as it was, I think it was helped by scoring when we did in the first half. No, I would definitely agree with that. I think, like, we've, we've people said before, and then, like, one of the best, I mean, obviously, there's no bad time to score a goal, but one of the best times to get a goal back, especially if you're, like, losing or anything like that, is just before half time. It's such a sucker punch mm-hmm. position. Like, we had it with United in the Cup, remember, when Weggor scored? Just, we, we were on top for 20 minutes or so. And yeah. then bang, they scored. It just smacks the wind straight out of you, and that's it. Like it, it changes everything. So yeah, I, I was really pleased. I mean, I don't really care how the goal came to be honest, but just to get back on level terms into the break, you know that that yeah, as a mental boost, that must have been huge for the players. Obviously, huge for Cooper and the coaching staff as well. And um, anyway, race. Obviously, second half sides not the best for Forest. I mean, Matoma missed. I. <laughs> A one-on-one. I don't know how he's missed a target there. Really, I mean, I'd say it's probably a worse miss than the Johnson one. But um, and then shortly after that, you know, Williams, after <laughs> so long, um, finally starts to look like the player that you know we thought we were signing over the last three or four games or so, and he's now sadly going to be out for the rest of the season with 
terrible injury, which obviously we all wish him the best his recovery for that. It's never nice to see that. But after that, it seemed to rile Forrest up, uh, Forrest up, and then we got the breakthrough. Tyro again involved from the strings, and then Zinedo was on hand. So I'll let you sort of take control of that bit, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, again, I'll start from the top. Um, yeah, it was literally like a four-touch move, wasn't it, from Brighton? It was literally two-on-one against Williams, and he, he kind of obviously is the defender. Then you've got a big kind of piggy in the middle, and what do you do? Yeah, Matoma, like, um, kicked it onto his other foot. It was kind of scuffed it. That's why he didn't score. He, he should have scored, and it was an easier chance than Johnson's because he literally had no pressure on him. Um. I mean, onto the Williams injury. I mean, yeah, that that was that was not nice because I don't really know why Brennan Johnson's really gone for that because he's got his back to goal and obviously Williams is coming in it, but it is really unfortunate. I mean, God, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's definitely no he intended to injure him or anything like that. It's just a freak accident and. You know, it was he was on the stretcher and that, and he didn't look that bad at the time. And then obviously when he was on the stretcher and stuff, I was like, oh, Jesus. Um, and then the camera kind of panned into him as he was going down the tunnel. And that was like a really distressing second. And it panned away straight away because he knew, because he just looked, he was pretty motionless. I was like, oh, that 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 was very um, bit upsetting that to see a player like that, really. Because like you just said, Chris, in the last few games, I mean... I'll take Man United out of this because I thought the whole game, I thought the whole team got passed by in that game, but he was pretty decent at Villa. Um, I, I agreed with what Lee said after listening to the pod about he had that kind of Gibbs-White energy against Wolves, against Liverpool, wanted to prove a point. And he kind of took confidence from that game against Liverpool into the game yesterday. And he was really up for the fight, um, getting up and down the wing. And probably what we, you know, I mentioned there on in the season, what I'd saw from the first few games of the season, but not saw since. So, you know, I was thinking, oh, that Liverpool game's probably giving him some confidence, and now he can start to build on it and build on it, and then that freak injury happens, which is such a shame. Same, it's kind of the same as what happened to Awanyi. He looked like he had got going Southampton away, and then he gets injured, and then you're back to square one again. Um, so that's such a shame. So you know it. I think the on about it might be a fractured jaw, which is a bad injury. And yeah, it probably means he wouldn't play again this season, but I wish him the best in his recovery in that. But um, yeah, we'll go on to the the main course, which is the second goal. Um, again, just pressure on the ball, how we won how we won the first penalty. Um, gets a little bit, not a lucky break, Danilo. He's obviously pressured. One, he's put it into his path. And then, <laughs> I mean, he's shown composure of a, a world-class striker you know he's took it in his stride and he's ran probably 20 yards and he's, he's slotted it right into the corner it was a it was a absolutely brilliant finished um and that epitomized his performance last night didn't know he was really good really energetic and yeah it was a finish you'd expect from the likes of the likes of harry kane and erling hall and them type of players so once we got at, once we got ahead i didn't really feel like as if we was under massive pressure because I just thought, like we'd mentioned this privately, um, Brighton obviously had that heartbreak and that long game on Sunday against Man United and that kind of took the wind out of the sails again. Um, so, yeah, that was a brilliant time to score and actually get ahead in a game. And it gave us, with the tactics, which I thought Steve got spot on last night, um, it just gave us something to hang on to. And we did that obviously really well. Oh, definitely. I mean, I... 
it did seem as if like that was sort of like a knockout blow for Brighton, if you like, because obviously, uh, I mean, you're right, it did typify um, Danilo's performance. Danilo, that was a proper coming of age showing, I thought, from him. He was, he was absolutely outstanding. He goes to show as well, like, what the difference of like a run in the team can make. Like, obviously, like, before that, he was having like, dribs and drabs, understandably so. Obviously, new league, like, new country, new everything for him, really. He's only a kid. And um, no, you know, he was absolutely sensational. He just seems to be everywhere. Like, obviously, when Boris posted his touch map today, he's literally everywhere. Like, like a Duracell bunny and, you know, fully deserved his goal. I was unlucky not to have another one with that volley in the first half as well. And, you know, I think... Um, yeah, that was a great strike. Yeah, that was a hell of a hit, yeah. yeah. And, um, across the ball, well. Yeah. Someone said earlier, which I actually fully... I, I was thinking the same. Like, it, he looked like a sort of South American player that Brighton would have bought and put in. And like that's probably that's probably a massive compliment to pay him, and hopefully he does turn out like the others. But um, no, their, their recruitment is ridiculous, isn't it? Like bright, like the obviously that um, is it MC so they put him, yeah. And obviously the lad who's the lad who scored, and you kind of look at him and think, God, where where did they pick these players yeah, from? Yeah. Obviously, Matoma, this you know Pittens and Caicedo, Pittens, I think three million they spent mm. it. You got to hand it to them. Their recruitment is um, on, incredible, yeah. but not on, enough for them last night, thankfully. No, thankfully indeed. Yeah, and ironically, he was one of those players. Obviously, Kaiser getting jumped for the second goal as well, which helps. But um, mm. as sort of Reece touched upon there, it sort of seemed to like destroy Brighton's confidence. Really. And Forrest actually kept the pressure up. You know, Gibbs White shoots narrowly over um, from the edge of the box, which is very unlucky. Um, obviously, again, we're looking for the council. We're looking very strong and very quick on the break. And um, yeah, you know, Toflo forces a corner and a great gives white delivery from a corner. It's nice to be able to say that. And uh, Lewis Dunk decides he's playing in the NBA playoffs and smashes it away with his hands. But I mean, um, I mean, it's going to sound really stupid, but after what happens with Maguire in the United game of us, and what happened last night with Thiago in the West Ham Liverpool game? Have you seen that? Where he goes to slide tackle and misses it and basically catches it, and then in the last minute, I'm not entirely sure what handball is anymore. I won't lie. Um, it just seems so inconsistent now for something that should be so simple. But did you? I mean, obviously you're in the trend, aren't you? So that would be right in front of you, pretty much. Did you think? Did you see it straight away that that was you know, basically a forearm smash away, or did you? Um, yeah. Um, rather embarrassingly, no. Um, friend of the show, uh, Rob Nettle, actually called it straight away, um, and I actually thought it. I actually thought it was Ayu that had handballed it, but I'd not seen the. Having seen the highlights now, Ayu kind of because Dunk handballs it, he kind of gets all like mixed. This, yeah, he yeah. kind of gets all mixed up. So I think I'd just missed the first bit. Um, anyone who have ever ref before probably tell you that I do that all the time. So, um, but yeah, he called it straight away. Lots of other people around us called it straight away. Um. Yeah, I mean, you're right what you say. That I mean, I said on the pod after the United game, I'm a referee and I don't know what handball is. Um, if something feels right in your gut, I think you give it. If not, you don't. Um, I think the difference in terms of the congestion thing is Dunk's arm is quite clearly above his head last night, whereas Maguire's it struck his arm a little bit lower. Um, again, the 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 incident. <laughs> the funny thing is. Would we have got a penalty like that against United? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Um, top six bias? Maybe not. 
Who knows? Um, I'd like yeah. to think so because I thought that were absolutely blatant. <laughs> yeah, it was. I so mean... it was the McGuire one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I get what like Leisha saying, his arm was proper up dunk, whereas Maguire it was like a bit low and it's it was a bit I mean, more congestion. Maguire's gone ahead of the ball, his arm's out like this, <laughs> like he's fucking Superman. And it's his arm, he's, he's clearly like I, 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 yeah, honestly I mean... in terms of if you if you show like as a refereeing course, these yeah. this is this is what handball looks like. You would show both the Maguire incident and the dunk one from last night. Yeah, one's given as a penalty and one isn't. Yeah, I think as well, if you give... You're right what you say there. I think if you gave a group of people who weren't yet qualified referees all the the current law of handball and all the bullet points and everything and then said about the Maguire one and the Dunk one, do you think these are penalty kicks? Um, you'd have to say, yeah, because their arms aren't in natural positions. Um, I mean, that that's the only box you really need to take for deliberate handball, in, in a sense. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but last night was there was definitely a... It was good. To, that's, that's what VAR's for. The referees missed it on the field. And I do have... I mean, for me to miss it in the stand, when I'm right in front of it, I've got sympathy for the ref. There's lots going off from a corner. Um, you just never know. The lino might have seen it and he said, oh, there might be a check for this. I, I don't know. But that's what VAR's, VAR's for. He's missed it. It's a clear and obvious error. And it got rectified. I know that some people have said, why can't the VAR just tell the ref down the... In its current format, that's just not what they do. Um, it's it's a very rugby thing, that I think, isn't it? Where they just watch it and then say, yeah, get, we've had a look, it's wrong. Um, just go and change it. But I think the only thing that needs to come in, and I think Howard Webb said last week at the AFL Awards that they're thinking of doing it, is it would be nice if the fans could hear the... Because the broadcasters in the press box can hear what's being said between the VAR and the ref. Um, so I think it's time that they let the fans hear that because it just, in theory, it would let everyone understand, even if it's not the decision that they want for their team, it should really help them understand why they've got to the decision that they have. Obviously, in the, I know we're not going to touch on that too much, but I know in terms of the Maguire one, if we could have heard the thought process, then it might have helped us understand it a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I mean, it's something it's been a problem with it. I mean, again, it's something that I think we've touched upon it before, really. It's something that we didn't really notice before being in the championship and being sort of like in isolation from VAR. But like as a match going fan, like it's just you don't see all you do is you see a purple screen and that's it. And you see this checking this or whatever else. You don't see the thought process, you don't hear the thought process. It's not like cricket where you know you hear the umpire, you'll hear the TMO, whatever it is. Like it's just very much like screen and then that's it, it goes or whatever way which so I think that is something that could be looked at for sure definitely I wouldn't make it a lot better for me anyway I don't know what you mm. feel but yeah yeah it would make it loads better I think um, in rugby league they do that and it just it, again it's different sports because the crowds are different it's not quite as hostile but yeah it, it would make it I know that I would it, it might be different for me because I do it but it would make, help me understand sometimes it, you know what they've act, what conclusion they've actually come to and why. Um, so yeah, it, it's something for them to look at. But there's lots of issues, isn't there? I mean, you look at it, if if the one that Tiago is not on last night, I, I don't know how that's not a penalty. Um, I know it's not a West Ham podcast or a Liverpool podcast, but Christ, the law with that sense is if he if he's put his hand out to help him get back up, but it kind of it's his arm, then it rolls up it, and then he moves his arm towards it again. So, I mean, like you say, what on earth is handball? We may as well just sack it all off, haven't we, handball? <laughs> it used to be so simple now, it's apparently so difficult. Oh, well done, PGMO, MO, brilliant. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Anyway, race after that, that was pretty much on the whistle, really, the 89th minute um, penalty. But obviously due to see what happened with Neko and everyone else seemingly going down, 15 minutes of added time at the end. Obviously, that was 10. Uh, obviously, it was pushed out to 15. And obviously, a disallowed goal in there for Brighton in there for good measure. Um, what was your heart rate watching that? How was your nerves? Because um, even though we were three one up, I just kept having this like overriding feeling that oh no, they get one. Like well, when it when it went three one, pretty fine because like I said um, in my previous comment, I thought the wind had kind of been knocked out of Brighton's sail. So when it went, I mean, talk about the penalty. I mean, obviously I had the ball. I was like, oh god, and then he gave it to Gibbs. I was like, oh god, and I thought because I just kind of thought in my head, I thought. If we miss this, they they'll get a result here, and that's why I just thought. I thought if we score this, we've won, no question about it. But I thought if they, if we miss it, I just thought we're going to be. He's probably going to knock his confidence, and then we're going to be on the back foot for ten minutes. Thankfully, Gibbs White scored it, um, and then yeah, obviously I was pretty fine, and um, the obviously rest of extra time or injury time kind of ran its course until obviously, um, you know. I can't. There's something happened just before that goal where we kind of took his eye off the ball a little bit, and that we lost concentration. They've obviously whipped it in from the corner, and I think McAllister flicked it on, and then Undav at the back post flicked it in. Um, the replay come up, and it did look like he was slightly offside. But when like Gillett, the ref obviously had his the ball under his arm, and that, I thought. Oh, this is going to be bleeding given this because he didn't didn't come up with the lines or anything. So I've not actually seen a freeze frame of where they put the lines out to see how fire was off. But thankfully, when he was like, obviously put his uh, raised his arm and that with the gesture he do, I was like, oh, thank God for that. And then, so yeah, um, sigh of relief, I think, is the best word to describe it all around, really, because yeah. But it's going to be, I mean, you've got, you've got you, unfortunately for the fan base, you've got another five kind of. You know, um, nail biting cup finals to come. When that's that's you know, I think how Everton fans feel because they're in it every single year. But yeah, um, yeah this is like my, my favorite quote, and this is the proper business end of football now. And yeah, there's going to be plenty of nails bitten and twists and turns, as Billy used to like to twists say, the end of the season. starting tonight. Starting tonight, indeed. Yeah, obviously, we're recording on Thursday night, so obviously, Everton have got Newcastle later and the return of Anthony Gordon. And obviously Saints have Bournemouth as well, yeah. so um, we'll see what happens there. I mean, one thing just very quick before we move on, I thought the penalty, um, I will say Gibbs White, I mean, he's what, 22, 23, something like that? Like, I mean, that was proper pressure, taking that penalty. For him to be as calm as that, as composed as that, and to do his, like, his own little routine, he shrugged his shoulders and just, you know, 
very calmly dispatched the keep uh, dispatched the keeper the wrong way. I mean, I think um, if Brian Laws moved during the night as well, I heard the goal back afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, that that was pressure, Morgan, and like fair play to you for that. That took a lot of bollocks to do that." So, uh, yeah, it's good not... from Ayu, which is something that's come into football and to the last few months where a certain player from each team has grabbed the ball when it's a yeah. pressure penalty and then passed the ball to another player. Well, it's so like, it's um, kind of changing the mindset of the opposition, thinking, yeah. oh, are you going to take it? And then he sticks it, which was good. I, I like that. That's that's a bit of experience, to be fair, from Ayu. Happened against us, didn't it, with Trippier? Yeah, and, Trippier, um, yeah. And Isaac yeah. took it, yeah. yeah. But, um, anyway, that's, we'll go through your slept on it thoughts now. So we'll start with Adams, who is... As I said, enjoying life at centre parks and doing all the centre park activities that come with it. And um, he said that, so he said, not the prettiest, but we're showing the fight. It's no coincidence that since Shelby's been dropped, we're back to being at least scrappy. Good timing for Oreo to be back. Worrell stepped up. The Nilo was immense. The hope will kill us one way or the other. Uh, Mitchell says, slept on it. I demand a pod apology from Chris Christian to Neko. You ain't going to get one. He's been immense recently, and it's such a shame to see a season ending injury uh, just as he was becoming a main player for us. He's so much better in a five and will be missed. Although, with injuries, I can see us going back to a four. I do think that's the logical um, conclusion, to be fair. Uh, came away, Jess Beasley says, came away thinking it was a hard fought, passionate win. This morning, I still think that. And then, some from the penalty missed the 40 mins, you could see their heads were down. To come back from that, which is the second half performance they did and win was fantastic. Uh, so Elliot, the subliminal psycho, says it was going to turn toxic before the first goal, then the magic happens. So superb second half, not just from the team, but from the fans. Unsung heroes, Mangala, only the midfield. Just wish Cooper could stop trying to make Andre Ayu happen. Um, Todd Mill said, last two games have been what we've all been asking for. Fighting intent that has been so clearly missing our poor run. A result of Brentford could be huge with Southampton to come at home as well. Simon Morgan says the difference between conceding a goal at a crucial time and scoring one was clear to see. The regroup at halftime was spot on. Also worth pointing out that this team is so much more than 11 players on the pitch. Really pleased for the whole of the staff for that result. Actually, that's a very good point and I forgot to talk about that. Obviously, when we scored the penalty, it was so good to see Surridge, Froehler and Lingards, all three players being out of the team for various reasons, all sprint down the touchline and go celebrate with Gibbs White and the rest of their team. And um, in case you're wondering what Unity looks like, as opposed to playing for yourself, John Joe Shelby, that's what it looks like. Uh, Carl Boo says, first 25 minutes, we just couldn't keep the ball. We just kept giving it back. Got an equaliser at such an important time. Press really worked well, second half. Brighton at legging, we capitalised. Time to get Johnson off penalties. Keep up the fight. Matty Moonis says, it's the hope that kills you. I pretty much made my peace with relegation and they just drag you back in. Amazing second half, just what we needed. It'll be a miracle if we survive with all these injuries. There isn't a game goes by without at least one player coming off. Uh, Grant Fellow says, set up to press higher, broken numbers, not just two or three. Brave in the ball as well, not just slamming away. They know they were superb, but so it was all of them. Shame we lost two to injury. Uh, Sign some of a doctor. And then Phil says, loving the 5-1-3-1 formation. I thought Brighton were one of the best I've seen at the city grounds, especially in the first half. Massive second half. Williams, Danilo and Aurier, outstanding. Five goals in two games. The first time we got three at home. It's amazing what happens when you have a go. Thank you all of you for getting in touch. I'm sorry I couldn't read them all out. Again, it's it's brilliant to see, like, finally, actually read out some nice one of these rather than, we're shit, we're going down, and we're dusted. So it's very nice to see some positivity come through and long may it continue. But anyway, we're going on some player performances. Um, Lee, we'll start with you with Joe Worrell. I mean, I'm pretty sure I wasn't alone 
in feeling that when he came on for Nierkate that our chances of, were likely to plummet. But um, no, that was a performance that merited the Nottingham Forest captain's armbands and it's something that we haven't seen from him in a long, long time, I thought. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, what word can I use? I thought it was immense, to be honest. I thought it was uh, everything that Joe Worrell should be as opposed to the Joe Worrell we've seen that the ugly side, shall we say. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, like I said on the last podcast, it's never easy when you, you have to come on, I don't think, as a, a defensive player um, in a team that typically has to do a lot of defending. Um, but yeah, he stepped up really well. I mean, he, he's not only had to do it once this week, he's had to do it twice. Um, you must be sat there on the bench thinking, oh, centre-half might not get on at all, might get on for the last 20 minutes uh, if we try and see the game out. But to have to kind of strip off and, and get ready to come on, well, what was it? We'd played about 10, 11 minutes last night, hadn't we? So, yeah, really uh, admirable from him. Um, the block he made with his foot in the second half was unreal, to be honest. I mean, from where I was in the Trent and it looked like Lottie, Lottie had thrown his kind of chest at it. But, yeah, it was obviously looking at the highlights, it's come off his, his toe and... The celebration after, I mean, that that was it. It wasn't just Worrell doing that last night. There was one at the end where Aurier roared into a tackle with Mitoma, and God, he, he went crazy, didn't he? I thought he was going to do a Lehigh lap of the pitch um, just from winning a tackle and getting a goal kick from a, a ricochet back off him. But yeah, I mean, football is one of these games. Football is probably the most fickle, fickle sport out of them all, to be honest. And I think um, that. You don't have to rewrite history every time. You It's fair to say that someone's not been good enough at certain stages of a season and then give them praise when they do something good. And and Worrell was everything that you'd want a Nottingham Forest captain to be last night. Um, the only thing I would say is I think it was interesting. When he first came on, he kind of struggled to get to grips with the playing as a three. And I don't know, he seemed like he was marking Lottie a little bit when, when they both went out to kind of close down. Uh, he was kind of a bit lost, but he soon rectified his his p- positional awareness, and yeah, he, he produced a, a fantastic performance. To be honest, and definitely, I mean, we, we've said before, haven't we? Like Worrell in Nottingham seems to be a very different player to Worrell anywhere yeah. else in the country, especially London. But um, no, he was very, very good yesterday. It was it was good to see because, like you know, it's we've seen you know, I mean, the the way the defense I thought looked very disorganized against Liverpool when he came on, even like when he had time to adapt and stuff. I know it's Liverpool, etc. But it just seemed very much in line with, you know, the mess we saw at Spurs, the mess we saw at West Ham, the second goal at Fulham, for example, where Warren's been part of all those. So it was nice to see him actually like, you know, give a proper contribution and really show us what we know he's capable of. It's just consistency with him, it just seems. But yeah, that was that was very good. And um anyway, race your one is Renan Lodi, who after a tough time at Anfield, obviously with Trent and Salah running at him the whole game, looks much more assured um, against Brighton. Yeah, it was, I, I thought he was very good. Um, I was going to say both wing-backs were very good last night until obviously Nico went off with his injury. But, you know, he's been in and out of team, anti really, I think, ever since the international break, Laddie. Um, I know he, he had um, a baby into with his partner. Uh, well, was Roy Keane would say, well, he didn't have the baby, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so he has been a bit inconsistent, I think, at times. And there was a, a few games where I think kind of they passed him by a little bit, but as I says, you know, the whole team kind of have. So, yeah, I thought he was back to his best last night. Um, you know, the first goal, obviously, yeah, 
you get we get some luck for once, thank God, because we've hardly had any this season. But he's put the ball into a decent area and he's made the defence make a decision and it's ended up in the back of the net. And you could see how much it meant to him that first goal. Um, you know, it'd be very easy for some lone players to think, well, likelihood is if we de- if we go down, he's not going to be here. That's a hundred percent. But if we if we stay up and the likes of Newcastle are looking at him, etc., he's probably not going to be here also. So he could easily toss it off, but that doesn't seem in his character, which is very good. So, yeah, it was good to um, good to see him back to his best effort last night. Um, there was just some performances all over the pitch where you have to, like at this stage, you have to, you know, you have to dig in, um, as I've spoke on this pod before, and just, you know, like Sergio Aurier, like Lisa said, when he had, when he was absolutely going mad at that tackle, you know, he was excellent last night for Aurier for, you know, we admit we clearly have missed him, his experience, his know-how, this, this level. So, you know, fingers crossed. Um, it's a building. It's just such a shame about Williams because, you know, um, he's had, obviously we have criticised him on his pod and that and make no apology for that. Um, but, you know, when... We just players seem to start getting going and then something happens to him. But the players like Lottie now, who hopefully after last night can start building on it. Ore's now back. Hopefully he can start building on it. I thought Kuyate come on and did well. Hopefully these players can kind of build on these that good performance last night and us as a club and we can start getting some results because, yeah, we, we bloody well need them. It's going to... I think whatever happens is going to go down to the wire and to, it, it's so Forest fashion. Yeah, no, it'd be equally Forest to go 12 games without a win and win on our six. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's very difficult to tell. But um, no, you're, you're right in what you're saying. But I think you're right in the sense that it would be easy for a lone player to sort of go, I'm, I might not be here next year, whatever it will be. But to see him like playing for the badge like that was really, really good. I thought it was a really good example out to the rest of the team and the fans as well. So that was great to see. Um, Lee, someone who sort of went on the radar a little bit-ish, was um, Mangala, who I thought that was the best game he had since his debut against West Ham, personally. You know, obviously, me and Adam spoke about him against United after the United game and said that we wasn't really sure what he offered, but certainly offered a lot last night. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's really interesting, actually, because obviously after the uh, last game, uh, I can't remember who we played now, Liverpool, it was Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, I made the point about the midfielders about it probably being our strongest area in terms of names on paper, but we've got lots of players who perhaps don't fit into the the roles that Cooper wants them to play. But I actually thought last night was probably the first time, possibly all season, where it looked like we'd put a blend of players together in there and they'd all kind of complemented each other. Um so yeah, he was he was really good. I mean, he never shies away from any sort of responsibility, does he? At either end of the pitch, he puts himself about. Um, he didn't cost us much either, did he? Really, in the grand scheme of things, at this level. So, yeah, I think uh, there's more to come from him, definitely. But uh, yeah, he looked whether it was because he had Danilo in there with him. I think Kriate helped a lot when he came on as well. Um, but yeah, he he was really good last night, and he's just a very neat and tidy player, isn't he? He's one that. Um, you can file firmly under, won't be here if um, we do get relegated. Yeah, it's going to be an awkward one, though. I mean, I'd like to think we would have a chance holding him, but I think you're right. Ultimately, there will be a better team if we do go down that goes, thank you very much. 
I think the um, Belgian manager dangling the carrot and giving him a start last month didn't help us in that sense. I think now he knows <laughs> that the uh, the opportunity is there. Mm. I think uh, perhaps a month ago, I might have said the same as you. And you know what? He's not played loads of football. We might be able to keep him. But I think now he's done that in his head. He'll be thinking, yeah, I think I need to be playing at the top in a top flight somewhere. Yeah. So we will see. Hopefully it comes to that anyway. <laughs> but um, anyway, race lastly, um, I know Lee sort of covered him already briefly in the sense that he's a rather unique skill set. But Taiwo, um, much maligned, much loved. Very effective. It's very hard to, to deny that. How do you think he played? I just wish he could. I just wish he was technically better because he, he, he is such a handful. You know, watch, I watched him. He gave Cunarte a really hard time on Saturday. He's just such a handful with his physicality. It's just that when he's, unfortunately, with the ball at his feet, sometimes it's, you know, it's just all arms and legs, isn't he? Bless him. Um, he had the one chance in the second half where I think he skipped by uh, Levi Colwell, I think it was, and then didn't know what to do and just chucked himself on the floor. And the referee was right to say get up because it was a bit of a dive. Um, but he, he always put... I can't fault the lad for his work ethic. He always puts in a shift. You know, when, when you see him come off, he looks absolutely knackered, doesn't he? Bless him. So he always puts himself about. He always puts in a shift. Um, it's just a shame he's another one who's been hampered by injury when he looked like he was finally finding his feet. He's obviously been out for a few months and there is times when he still does look a bit um, rough around the edges. I mean, the shot last he had that shot last night, didn't he, which was really tame. Um, but, so yeah, it is, it is an interesting one, Tyro is. I kind of like him and Loathe him in the same breath, really. I think he's best, our best describe him. But, um, no, you can't, you can never fault the lad's work rate. I'll give him that. And that's what, at this stage of the season, that's what you need. You need players giving 100%. You can't be having any, you know, passengers in the side. Um, and that's why you, there is certain players, really, who, who have lost a place in the team. No, it's very true. I mean, like, I think my mates very harshly say that because obviously they were watching before the, the City-Arsenal game and um, they're like, Mr. Waddy Blake plays like he's wearing Timberlands rather than football boots. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, come on, leave him alone. Like, but I, I, I really like him. I think like, you know, he's, he's a, he, like, he's an absolute nightmare for defenders. Like, because if you try and get close to him, would you like, Canarte is not exactly, you know, a weak centre-half, is he, for Liverpool? He was being thrown around all over no, So, like, you know, he's, he's an absolute man-mountain and you know, a very quick one, too. It's just, you know, there's a few technical things to hone on, of course. But I, I, mean, I mean, he scored he scored us some crucial goals. Yeah, this he's season. won us nine the... points with his goals. Yeah, like, Liverpool, Southampton. West Ham, um, yeah. West Ham, yeah. So, and I think that West Ham one was... <laughs> A bit lucky, but you've got to be in the okay. position, haven't you? So, one, yeah. thing, I, one thing that... Well. Yeah, yeah. One thing I find really interesting with it all is lots of our fans still pine for Keenan Davis. Now, in terms of scoring lots of goals, that's not Keenan Davis either. No, um, you're right. I get that it's probably a different kind of old-up play with Davis. I'm not for one minute suggesting the... I mean, bloody hell, a team with both of them players in would be quite some force, wouldn't it, in terms of physical <laughs> strength? But I just think it's kind of a little bit hypocritical from some people. Like, they're pining for Keenan Davis because he was really good for us. He was at championship level. But he's kind of got... I mean, Tyro's 
I mean, Keenan Davis had some awful efforts at goal, didn't he? Let's face it. He did, again, he scored some important goals, a bit like Tyler has, but mm. I don't think you can kind of call one for one skill set and then kind of lord another player for, for exactly the same. It is I think interesting, Forgot me. I think we've sorry, mate. I think with some of our players, I mean, obviously, fingers crossed, reduced tail. I think it's pretty obvious that some, because of how this season's been so disjointed with so many players and so many injuries, that we just need a really good pre season. And I think mm-hmm. that's Tyway, the main thing. Yeah, Tyway will be exactly one of them. It's it's clear to see why it hasn't worked for Jesse Lingard because he, he'd come in, he's, he wasn't fit and he's been stop start. He's another obviously I'd expect him to go whatever, but he's another one why it's not unfortunately worked out. There's just so many I think could just do with that really good pre-season. Mm-hmm. We if we do still have this settled, pretty much a settled squad, you know, you're not going to be signing for I'm not going to be signing 30 players next season. And I'm a bit worried if we are. Kind of build, <laughs> yeah, you can kind of build, you've got your foundation and you can kind of build a little bit. So, but unfortunately, we're not in that situation yet. So, you know, we have to do what we've, we've been, the hand we've been dealt with, we have to deal with it. Um, yeah, we'll have to see what no, Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still very much pro Tywo. It was good to see him be a nuisance last night, getting assessed. Um, but very quickly, before we move on to the Brentford predictions, obviously, Lee, me and you called it straight away after Liverpool pods about Shelby um, not being in the team. It's since come out that he threw his toys out of pram because despite carrying an injury, he told me he'd be benched at best against his former club rather than starting. And as a result, wasn't put in the Brighton squads either. Um very quick one. Obviously, he's really proven to be a very bit of a disaster. I'll ask you very, very quickly a question. On balance of things, would you like John Joe Selby to stay at the club? Do you think he still has a part to play this season? Or would you just cut bombs for him now and move on in the summer? Leo, start with you. Um, ooh, very, very quickly. Um, for the rest of this season, I wouldn't play him. I've got to be honest. I think we saw the unity last night. That's not John Joe Selby. It never has been. Leopards don't change the spots. It's certainly not at his stage of his career. That might sound harsh. It's it's my opinion. Thirty-one. Um, so you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I think he'll have a future with us? Uh, let's see where we finish after thirty-eight games. I think if we go down, I think it could be a situation where he might be forced to kind of. Well, it might be a case of look, you've made your bed. You're gonna have to lie in it. No one wants to buy you. We're gonna make the best use out of you. Um, Again, then it'll be a case of playing for five games. If he's not asked, try and fuck him off and put him in the bomb squad. But um, if we're a Premier League football club, I think it will be a case of trying to shift him on. Reese, how about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when he came on against Fulham, I was all for. I've seen enough of him to um, suggest that he wanted a place in the team. On that performance, he got into the team for the next game. I think it was a Man City game, wasn't it? And to be honest, ever since really then, it's not really worked out for him. Um, and unfortunately, when you don't warrant a place in the team, you're not just going to stay in the team for the sake of it. That's why, you know, Remo Freud has been dropped because I think he's been really poor recently. That's just the way it goes in football. Um, I, yeah, I agree with Lee. And you could see the unity in that last night. It's, it, I'll give you an example of this because I obviously watched it on the telly. You seen Remo Freud last night come off the bench and encouraging the subs. Now he's been dropped out of the team because he's been poor, and I'm sure you'll know he has been poor. But that that's the kind of difference in mentality. You know, everyone's got to um, you know, stay together and that at this stage. So I can't see yeah, I can't see him playing for us again this season. I, I generally think I can't see him play 
playing for us again. To be honest, I think it'll be a, a firm handshake to Harry Arter of I'm replacing you in the bomb squad now because we can't get rid of you, to be honest, because I'm sure he'll be on good money. Um, with no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, it's a concern, but you know, it goes down to recruitment and you know, the, the recruitment in January has left a bit to be desired, hasn't it? Um, to be honest, so yeah, it's, it's caused it's caused the problem for us. Um, you know, the old recruitment team was sacked. The other guy who's been brought in to replace Dave Murphy, he's been sacked. So um, you kind of, I'm sure, wouldn't have been signing probably John Joe Shelby under Murphy and his team, but that's the decision the club have made as well. And they're going to have to hold their hands up and say, we've got this one wrong again, unfortunately. That's, but yeah, disappointing. Okay. And just disappointing, if, you know, if, if the stories are true and that, obviously what's been written and stuff, very disappointing attitude. And you don't want to play like that in the team. No, you don't. It's very much me and me. From from my perspective, I mean, I'll be very clear, get him gone. I don't care anymore. The guy's what leave him, fuck him off. He's not worth the time. Let him leave someone else's it's problem. Just getting, it's just like we said, because yeah. it's just getting someone to buy him. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> United, you know, would you like a new midfielder? <laughs> who's going to take it? If he's on big money, who's going to take him on? You know, yeah. we've got um, a pretty competent championship striker who's on big money and we've not even managed to shift in. So what does that kind of tell you? It's tough, very tough. Hopefully someone does, but I guess that's something for the summer, I suppose. But anyway, before then, on to more pressing matters, we are away at Brentford this weekend. Um, Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Lee, your predictions? What do you reckon is going to happen at the new uh, Griffin Park? It's called the G's Head now, isn't it? I think it's called. Yeah, or community, community Stadium. Fucking. Well, I've actually been sat looking, looking at the rest of the fixtures of a Leeds fan and. What it's going to come down to these last five games is who's playing the most beach teams, I think. Now, you look at our four, fi- our five fixtures, you could feasibly say that four of those teams will be on the beach by the time we play them. Brentford on Saturday fall into that category a little bit. Um, Southampton, obviously, they're not. They, they can still stay up. Be fair, Chelsea depends. Got... I mean, if Saints lose tonight... Yeah, could be. Like, they could be we could be sending them down. Like... True. Chelsea, have got absolutely... Chelsea can't beat anyone at the minute. Arsenal, I can't see them having... City will have played both their games in and by then, so they won't be able to win the title in theory. And Palace, well, Palace are kind of on the beach already, aren't they? So mm. I think there's reason to be positive on Saturday and I'm going to go for a... I think it'll be a tough game still. I say that every single game, don't I, in this league? Every game's um, a tough game in this league. <laughs> literally every game. Um, I'm going to go for a slender win. I think we might nick it. Uh, I think we'll come from behind again in a 3-2 victory. Three two, bloody hell! The yeah. buses really is kind of playing for you. You wait ages say. for a bus. Three goals once, and then we're going to get them again on Saturday. <laughs> that would be the dream. That would be the dream. Um, obviously, before we come to you, Adam, uh, sorry, Reese, Adam's gone for a one-all draw. Um, what is, what do you think is going to happen? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I know. I know. I was saying teams on the beach. I, I totally get that argument from Lee, um, but you know. I think Brentford will probably still want to finish as high up as they can, really. Um, they are pretty good at home as well, Brentford, I believe. Um, so it will be a tough game. You know, they'll they'll go, they'll go into it as favourites, I'm sure, with the bookies. So it will be a tough game. Um, I'm going to be positive in a sense that I don't think we'll win, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm going to go agree with Adam. I think it'll be a 1-1 draw. 
kind of need the performance. What <laughs> one half decent performance under Chris Hughton? One to we got a one-one draw at Brentford. Hughton um, Bond giving a penalty away, didn't they? Yeah, and then Kravinovic equalising. That's it. Yeah, um, during COVID, which was a horrific time to watch football. But a point would be a good result because you know the two as the table stands, the two teams who are above us play one another on at the weekend, and the two teams below us. So there is gonna be potential if we do lose or four could gain or two could gain at least so yeah I think um, a point on as a minimum on Saturday would be good and it would take us nicer than into that crunch game against Southampton um, as you just said Christian depends kind of what happens with them tonight I think they're at home are they at home aren't they Southampton I believe they are yeah I mean it's looking bleak from there six points yeah I mean I mean if if they are going to stay up they need to be marking it with a win I do think they actually will beat Bournemouth tonight if they they beat Bournemouth it's not a bad result Mm. for us because it pulls Bournemouth right back into Mm. it they've gone from seven points to the four so yeah in what in one game so three sorry three yeah you you kind of look I kind of looked at it maybe at the weekend and you kind of think oh it's not going to take actually many more points to stay up but now teams are picking up points and because everyone's playing each other down there you kind of think oh it's going to take a few more and it it is still interesting so yeah I think I wouldn't mind Saints winning tonight to be honest like you just said to pull Bournemouth back in I think we'd be free off them then wouldn't we and um yeah still obviously I think there will always be question marks over Bournemouth because we are a bit snobby and I think literally the whole football universe predicted them to finish bottom so I think we're all fingers crossed that they'll still slip back into the they relegation still could. they still could yeah. I don't think they're clear yet I mean even no. West Ham I and mean, West Ham have got the players suppose and they're starting yeah. to hit a bit of form but they're only four clear so of us sorry of us obviously five of the drop but um yeah I'll give some credit to Gary O'Neill because I think they went through that real bad patch and, and it would have been very easy after giving them the job for them to got rid of him and got somebody else in. Um, yeah. And he, I think he got four wins out of seven, which has pulled him out very a little impressive. bit. Very impressive. So, yeah. yeah. But obviously they got tanked at the weekend, didn't they? So we'll see. Swings around about I think um, it's a difficult one. I mean, I, I, was look, I was looking at the table, actually. It's very interesting. Brentford's outside the top four have lost the least amount of games out of anyone else. Mm. They've only lost eight games this season. And so by contrast, obviously United are then fourth with seventh and Newcastle, City and Arsenal have all lost um, four each. So that's pretty impressive in its own right. However, they've also drawn 14 games of their mm. 33. So obviously they are this season's draw specialists. Um, so I think that kind of points towards... I, I, I'm going to be optimistic. I mean, I, I think... But I, I like to... I, my head saying that you, know, you and Adam, um, Adam and Reese are correct. It'll be one all draw. Wow, oh, I'm saying I think we can make a win. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm hoping it's to be London buses. We like we absolutely shit house the one 0 again, and Thomas Frank's like red in the face and punching reports at full time. <laughs> but um, I think it will probably be one on sure. But, we yeah. need Lamucci back for this game because he yeah, just, the just one nil win for this one game. Brentford, yeah. yeah, and Joe Lolly as well. Just that, yeah, yeah. See. But um, no, it's I mean, above all else, it's well, I'm sure for all of us, it's been, it's been. Great to have positivity back. It's obviously great to have Reese back on the pods, and it's great Thank to you. have Forest winning games again. So hopefully, long that continues. And yes, we'll see you on Sunday after the Brentford game. So enjoy the win. Uh, it's time to dust off. You just can't get enough from Spotify or record collection. It's been two months since I played mine, and um, away we go. So come on, you Reds.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 